0: You're listening to a presentation of The Rising. We're always encouraged to know God is changing lives through this ministry. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know and send an email to stories at wearetherising.com. Now prepare your heart and mind to hear a word from God. Well, today we are continuing the series, Attitude Platitudes, a cleverly crafted compilation on culture. And my goal in this series really is uh, to help us experience the true life that Jesus came to bring us. And the method that I'm using to do that is by instilling new values in our lives. See, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, "'I have come that they may have life.'" and have it to the full. He, he didn't say, I came that they might have life and just thrive and survive and hopefully get by, but I came that they might have life and have it to the full. And we're a church designed to see people raised to true life, whether it means that they come and they accept Jesus in a relationship with him through baptism, beginning that journey, or whether you've been a Christian for years, we want you to experience the true life Jesus came to bring you. And like I said, the way that I'm doing that in this series is I'm instilling new values in us. Because the truth is this, that values are the building blocks of culture. Culture is just who we are and how we operate. Uh, Our culture determines what we do, and what we do gives us the results that we receive. And so if we wanna receive the result of experiencing true life, we gotta change some of what we do. But if we want the changes to last, then it means that we gotta transform our culture, who we are and how we operate. And the way we transform our culture is by instilling new values in us. And so each and every week I've been giving you a brand new value from which to live, and, and this week is no different. The value I wanna give you is. Is this uh, honor flows up, down into the side? Honor flows up, down, and to the side. If you hadn't written that down yet, go ahead and write that down at the top of your notes and your program that we gave you. Uh, Honor flows up, down, and to the side. And these values I'm giving you aren't just values for you to instill and live out in your life, but these are values that we have as a church. This is who we are and how we operate as a church. And so if you're wondering, hey, what kind of church is this? Just look at our values. It's our code that we operate by. And today, as I talk to you about honor, um, I need to give you the definition of honor and, and, and give you a little bit of a, a recap and also set a foundation for honor because we live in an honor illiterate society. Honor is rare in our society. Uh, back in October, I did a, a series, a two-week series called Honorology. I highly recommend if you weren't here for that or you missed it to go back and listen to that on our podcast and on our website. Uh, but in that series, I talked about honor, and I don't wanna re-preach those sermons, but I do wanna recap them. And so first, let me give you the definition of honor. Honor is this. Honor is simply showing value. Honor is showing value. Honor is when you assign value to someone, when you give worth to To something, This is honor. Treating something like it's royalty or or, or like VIP. We hope that if you're here for the first time, you feel honored. We are honored that you're here. We we hope you feel the value that we have placed on you by the way that we treat you. And if you've been coming for the past three months, we still care about you. You, We want you to feel like a VIP as well. We want to make sure that you know that you're honored as well. But honor is simply assigning value. Uh, The the Old Testament word that's used for honor is the Hebrew word kabod. And kabod means uh, weighty or heavy, and so uh, if something is weighty or heavy, it's been given honor. So an example might be: uh, you were given a task or a responsibility at work, and it was really important. It was vital, and you said, "I'm honored to be able to do this." What you're saying is, I understand the weight that comes with this responsibility. I understand the heaviness of this, and it is my honor, my privilege. To be able to do this because it's so important. So, this is honor, weight, and heavy. Uh, The New Testament word that's used for honor is the Greek word teme. And teme is spelled uh, tau iota mu epsilon. T I M E. And if you're wondering, wait, that sounds a lot like time, it is. It's where we get our English word time because time is the most valuable commodity that you have. Uh, We say it like this that time is money. And so time is valuable. And so it's no surprise that the Greek definition for honor is value and worth. When you assign value and worth to something. So the definition for honor is to assign value, worth. It's is to give it a, a place of heaviness, of weightiness, to understand the importance of something. And often we treat people uh, who are above us with great honor. With, with, it's an honor for me to meet you. If you met a, a celebrity or somebody that you looked up to, you, you would treat them with great value. And worth, and so this is this is what honor is. Now, the opposite of honor is dishonor, and so if honor is to show value to someone, then dishonor is to treat them as common, to treat them as, as standard, ordinary, every day. See, if you had a, a Polaroid camera uh, that you bought from uh, CVS, then you'd probably dishonor that, right? You treat it as common, ordinary, every day. It's like four bucks, right? But if you had a $1,000 Canon camera with a $1,000 lens on it, now you got a $2,000 camera, you're going to honor that camera. You're going to treat it as valuable because it holds more worth than the Polaroid camera. So you honor one and you treat the other with dishonor. One has been assigned value. The other has been treated as common. And and it's no surprise um, that when we dishonor, um, the the reason we dishonor is because we take something for granted. We get used to it. It, it. It's no big deal. And because of that, it's easy for us to allow dishonor to seep into our hearts when it comes to the way that we treat the people who are closest to us. I mean, just, just imagine, if, if, if you're married, most likely you treat your spouse with the most dishonor than you treat anybody else with. Because if you've gotten used to them, you treat them as common. When you talk to them, you may use a tone of voice with them that you never use with other people. If you've gotten used to them, you treat them as common. But the truth is, the people who are closest to us should hold, those people should hold the highest place of honor in our lives as we treat them as more valuable than anything else. And so so this is honor and and dishonor. These are the definitions. And I want to give you the biblical foundation for what I'm going to talk about today. It's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open up there. If not, we'll have the words for on the screen. Uh, And also, if you don't own a Bible, you can download one for free uh, from the App Store on your phone. Just take out your phone, type in Bible. Uh, The first option that comes up by Life Church is a great Bible to download, Uh, but that way you have a Bible with you. So, Matthew chapter 10 verse 40. this is Jesus talking, and he's talking to his disciples, his 12 closest followers. He's about to send them out into a missionary journey, and here's what he explains. He says, "Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me." Now now we can substitute the word "welcome" with honor, and it won't change the meaning of this, because the truth is this: how you perceive someone is how you'll receive someone. How you perceive someone is how you'll receive someone. How you view somebody determines how you'll treat them, how you receive them. When you welcome someone, you're receiving them. And so if you treat someone as, as, if you see someone as valuable, you'll treat them as valuable. If you see somebody as common and ordinary and no big deal, you'll treat them that way, right? So he said, if anybody welcomes you, uh, if any, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, we'll substitute that with honor. Anyone who honors you honors me, and anyone who honors me welco- or honors the one who sent me. And so Jesus is saying here that honor is transferred up. He said, if, if someone honors you, then they're also honoring me because I sent you. And not only do they honor me, but they honor my heavenly father. It's the same way where if you honor my kids, if you treat my kids as valuable, that's the way you honor my wife and I. Because that, that honor is, is transferred up. We're their parents. So honor is transferred up, he says. And then he goes on to give us three different levels of how we can show honor and who we can show honor to. Verse 41, he says, whoever honors a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And so if you see somebody, a prophet, this would be a man of God. For for this example, it's somebody who's above us. If you see someone above you as valuable and you treat them that way, then you'll receive the reward that they carry. What it does is it opens a door to them and you gain access to that person. He says, whoever honors a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. The idea here is that these are people who are beside us, uh, our peers, our coworkers. If we honor the people beside us, then it opens, uh, it, it gives us the reward that they carry. When you honor people beside you, the reward that you get is trust. And so the people that you work with, the people who are alongside you, your coworkers, your friends, your family, when you honor them, you gain their trust. And then he goes on to say, uh, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. And so what we see here is that if we honor people uh, beneath us, people that we oversee, people who may be at at a lower level than us, if we honor them, then what we gain is respect, from them, that's the reward that comes there. So when you honor people above you, it opens doors and gives you access. When you honor people to the side, it gains trust. When you honor people beneath you, it gains respect. And so honor flows up, down, and to the sides. And Jesus said that there's a reward that's associated with honor. And so some examples of of how we do this would be like this. Um, And and all of this is just a recap, uh, and and then I'll get into some new stuff. Um, If you honor your boss by, and this is honor flowing up. If you honor your boss by getting assignments in on time or early, if you notice problems and you come up with solutions and present them with solutions instead of problems, um, if you help lead the way, if you refuse to gossip, if you support your boss, what that does is you're showing honor to them and and she says, well, I want to invest in this person more. I I see the honor that's flowing from them and I want to open doors of promotion to them. When honor flows up, it opens doors. Uh, When you honor the people beside you, people you work with, say, what that means is that you get to work on time. You do your work. They don't have to uh, make up for your slack. Um, It means that you refuse to gossip in the workplace. It means uh, that you're there for people. You care for them and you listen to them. When you do that, it gains trust among your peers. And then when honor flows down, let's say you oversee some people, what that looks like is that you get them what they need on time In order to succeed at their job. You give them uh, the tools that they need. You give them the training that they need. Some of you work for some people and you feel frustrated because you're like, I don't have what I need to successfully do my job. But you would feel honored if the people above you gave you what you needed to do your job, right? And when that happens, you gain respect for the people who are above you. And so when you do that for people under you, it gains their respect. So this is honor. Honor is value. It's worth. It's weight. It's heavy. Dishonor is the treat uh, as common. It's to take for granted. And honor flows up, it flows down, and it flows to the side. Really, honor goes all around. And I remember I was convicted of this um, a few years ago when we were in the process of launching this church. Uh, A church that that I learned from and look up to uh, is Elevation Church, among among many other churches. And um, I remember uh, we took several members of our launch team to Elevation just to kind of learn from them, and I wrote uh, the pastor there this card afterwards, Pastor Stephen Furtick, and I said, hey, thanks so much, you don't even know this, but your ministry for years has inspired me and encouraged me, and I just really appreciate the way that your church lives with open hands, that we were able to come and learn from you, and you gave us everything that you had that you wanna help make us better, and again, you don't even know me, but you've impacted me in a great way, and, and our church is gonna be amazing, partially because of your influence, thank you so much. So I wrote this card, and I sent him, like, a $10 or $50 gift card to Starbucks, something like that. And um, I, I remember I was, I was doing a residency at another church. We were in a staff meeting, and I got a phone call, and it said, unknown. And I was like, great, telemarketers. So I didn't answer. And I'm sitting in the staff meeting. Uh, later, I get the voicemail. And then when the staff meeting's over, I listen to the voicemail and Pastor Stephen Furtick, pastor of a church of 20,000 people, 14 campuses, huge, massive church, read my card and took the time to call me. And I know I was unknown, because if I had his number, I'd be calling him every day. But he called me and he left me a message, and, and he, just, he just said how that encouraged him. And he thanked me and he prayed uh, for me and for our church and what we were going to be doing. And I, I was so excited, y'all. Like, it, I mean, this is, this is like, this is like kind of... Geeky preacher stuff, right? Like, if he called you, you'd be like, oh, well, whatever. But, like, if Tom Brady called you or Morgan Freeman called you and left a message, like, this is how you would feel. And so I was so excited. I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy called me and left a message. I can't wait. And, and I kept it on my phone for two years, this voicemail. <laughs> like, for real. But I remember I listened to that message, and I was so excited. But then I was so convicted because I felt like God was saying to me, James, because he just calls me James. <laughs> You know, how, you know how you feel getting this voice message from him? That's how you should feel every time somebody calls you. You should assign that much value and worth to everyone. You know, you know how you feel when you get to talk to somebody who you really look up to and admire? That's how you should feel every time you talk to anybody, never looking past them, never thinking, okay, I got to go on to the next thing, but assign them great worth and value. So the moment you feel now, that, that honor needs to flow not just up, but down and to the side with everyone, and so because of that, that became a value of our church, and so I want to help us become the kind of people who show honor, who allow honor to flow up, allow it to flow down and to the side, and by the way, honor always flows down into the side as well, because if it only flows up, that's worship, so we give honor down and to the side, and so uh, I want to show you an instance uh, in the scriptures where we see a great level of honor, and I want to give you uh, some takeaways from it. If you have a Bible, open up to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. It's 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. Um, here's, here, here's where we pick up. We're going to read about a guy named Elijah and Elisha. Now, Elijah was the prophet of God. Elijah was the man of God. He was the spokesperson for God. And because of his role, he did amazing miracles in his ministry. Because of his role, he got to sit in the presence of kings and counsel them. Like, Elijah was a pretty big deal. There's a time in Jesus' ministry where Jesus is on top of a mountain and he's transfigured. Essentially, he meets with God. And God um, and, and these two other people show up, Moses and Elijah. Moses shows up to represent the Old Testament law. Elijah shows up to represent all the prophets of the Old Testament. So Elijah is like the team captain of prophets. I mean, he is a big deal. And Elijah comes walking up and he meets Elisha. And this is where we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. It says, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Well, let me kiss my mother and father goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Essentially saying, okay, well, you know what I'm inviting you to, so go make the decision. And then verse 21, so Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Let's let's take a moment to to just think about what we read. Elisha is a farmhand, right? And Elisha is plowing on a 12-man team of oxen. And so there's, there's 12 members of this team, and Elisha is the 12th member. He's at the back of the pack plowing this field. And so Elisha's scenic view all day is the back end of oxen. This is what he gets to look at all day. Not only does he get to look at the back end of oxen, but he gets to smell and experience the business of the oxen. All day, this is his life. Not only does he get to look at oxen booty and smell and experience the business of the oxen, but he's the 12th man in a 12-man team. So he gets to smell and experience the business of all the oxen as he's plowing through it all. You could say, this is a crappy job, (laughs) right? So this is Elisha's stance. This is his point of view. This is where he is in this moment. And then the prophet Elijah The man of God, this big deal, comes walking up and he sees Elisha plowing there. Elijah takes off his cloak and he throws it on Elisha. What he's doing when he does that is essentially he's saying, Elisha, I want you to come serve me. I want you to come follow me. I want you to be my apprentice. I'll be your Miyagi, you be Daniel's son. I I, I want you to, I'll be uh, Yoda and you be Luke Skywalker. I'll, okay, we get it. So he said, I want you to come follow me. And serve me. And now Elisha has to make a decision. What am I going to do? Stay here with the oxen or follow the prophet? And he makes a decision. He says, okay, I'm going I'm to follow you. He takes the oxen. He slaughters them. He burns the plow that he was using to plow the field with, roasts the meat, gives it to the people. And then he follows Elijah. And then he goes on to learn from Elijah, and eventually Elijah is taken up in a whirlwind by God, and Elisha takes over as the prophet, and Elisha goes on to do more miracles than Elijah did. Elisha goes on to raise the dead, and Elisha goes on to sit in the presence of kings and counsel them and so this is what takes place in elisha 's life. but I want to give you five takeaways from, from this passage and and the life of Elisha when it comes to honor. Uh, And so the first takeaway is this, that honor creates opportunity. Honor creates opportunity. See, because Elisha honored the authority above him, whoever that was, uh, the boss of the field, his parents, whoever it was, because Elisha honored the authority above him, it put him in a place where he could seize the opportunity afforded to him. Because he honored the authority above him, he was in the right place at the right time to say yes to Elijah. See, if Elisha had dishonored the authority above him, if he had said, you know what, I don't think I want to go plow in that field. Can't you get somebody else to do it? I'm, I'm above that. I'm better than that. How about, how about you find somebody else? If he had dishonored the authority above him, he never would have been in the place to get the opportunity to follow Elijah, But because he showed honor to the authority above him, he was in the right place at the right time and had the opportunity to follow Elijah. See, there's all sorts of things that I could preach to you from this passage. I I, I could say um, that opportunity is walking by. And if all you do is keep your eyes fixed on the problem in front of you, on the crap that you're experiencing, if all you do is look at how much of a victim you are, then you'll miss the opportunity that's walking by, but you gotta open up and see the opportunity and seize it before it passes you. I could preach on that. I, I-, I could preach on... The, the truth that Elisha is here and he's plowing and he could be feeling sorry for himself. He, he could be saying, you know what? God has forgotten about me because I'm the 12th man in this 12-man plowing team and here's what my life looks like and, and, and God has forgotten all about me. But the truth is God has not forgotten about him. God has not forgotten about you, whatever situation you're in, but he's walking towards you, inviting you to a new life. You just got to pick your eyes up and see the opportunities preach on that. I, I could also preach on the, the truth that maybe God had Elisha in this place as the 12th man on a 12-man team because he wanted to humble him first. He wanted, to, he, he wanted him to understand just how low he could go so that he could appreciate how high God was going to bring him up. See, sometimes we got to be humbled to appreciate the blessings God gives us in our life. I could preach on that. I, I could also take time to preach on the truth that Elijah. Uh, was invited to a new life but before he could enter that new life he had to sacrifice the oxen and burn the plow symbols of his old life before he moved into the new life and I could ask you I wonder if there's any oxen or plows in your life that you need to sacrifice to God that you need to burn that you need to get rid of because he's called you into a new life but because you're holding on to your old life you can't walk into your new life I could preach on that but that's not my assignment today I'm talking about honor More specifically, how honor flows up, down, and to the side. And so we see here that honor uh, creates opportunity. Honor creates opportunity. The the second thing we see from this is that honor grants access. Honor grants access. I alluded to it earlier when when I talked about honor flowing up, but honor opens doors. See, because Elisha honored the authority above him, He was in the right place at the right time to seize an opportunity. When Elijah tossed his cloak on him, here's here's really what he was saying. He was saying, I want you to come serve me. Like, I don't want you to come alongside me and do, I want you to come be my servant. And so it, it doesn't seem like an upgrade. Like, Elisha is in the fields as a servant. And then Elijah says, come follow me as a servant. It's even, Said about Elisha years later when he takes over for Elijah, some people recall him and they say, Wait, wait, wasn't that the guy who poured water on the hands of Elijah? Wasn't that his servant? See, Elisha is offered the opportunity to come serve this prophet. It, it's not very glorious. But because he says yes, because he submits to the authority of Elijah, because he honors him and treats him as valuable. Elisha is taken from the fields to the palace of kings. I mean, just imagine all that Elisha experienced because of honor. Because he honored Elijah, he went from plowing fields to seeing great miracles take place. There's access like never before. He's able to walk into palaces and sit in the presence of kings because he honored Elijah. If he had never done that, he never would have had that access. I, I, I wonder what kind of access God wants to give you in your life, but the key to open that door is honor. I remember several years ago before we launched, um, I was invited to this uh, round table kind of uh, coaching weekend with Pastor Daniel Floyd at LifePoint Church. It's a church of 5,000 people, four campuses. And at the time, I hadn't even started a church. I was, I was a church planter. Like I was as low as it gets. I just had a dream and an idea. And I was invited to go to this this, uh, round table, and I was blown away by the honor that they showed me. See, I I was so lucky to get into a VIP night. This was the night before the round table actually began. And what they did, the the staff of LifePoint, is they uh, rented out this huge room in an Italian restaurant, paid for everything, and we got a chance to meet the people on the staff. And so I was there and I was asking all sorts of questions to them. And one person on staff came up to me and they said, hey, what hotel are you staying at? This is up in Fredericksburg. And I told them where we were. It was like some cheap, rinky-dink hotel that I booked to save money. And so it was like, this hotel, like, cheap night value, I, if, I don't know. But it was shady. And um, <laughs> so they found that out, and they're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later that night, uh, before we left, they said, um, hey, we got a gift for everybody. Here you go. And they gave us all watches, like $100 I mean, big—not—not ti- not Timex, but I mean, it's big deal. Watch- and I—I I love watches now because of that. Um, and so I was—I was like, I was blown away by the honor that they would show us by doing that. And then, just before we're about to leave, somebody comes up to me and they said, "Hey, uh, we just want to let you know you're not staying at the hotel that you booked. and said we booked another room for you at the Hilton, and uh, you're going to be staying there for the weekend." And I was blown away. I was like, "Are you—are you kidding me? Like this?" was a nice hotel. This was more expensive than the one I had booked. And I could not believe like some somebody had it like, I, I, like I, I don't know if they talked about it beforehand or whatever, but somebody came up to me with the intention to find out where are you staying and we want to we want to upgrade you. And that's what they did. And then when we got to the Hilton, we walked into the room, y'all, and there was a gift basket that was made specifically for us by the staff of LifePoint. It had our favorite candy, our favorite drinks, and then I remembered, oh, before the round table, they asked us to fill out this form where they asked about this stuff, and somebody went out and they bought all this stuff. And they, I felt like royalty when I went there. Not only did they upgrade our hotel, but they gave us this gift basket. This is an instance of honor flowing down, and I was so blown away. By the honor, the passion, and the generosity that they showed as a church that I vowed that night that this church is going to be like that. We're going to be a church where honor flows up, down, and to the side. We're going to be a church that gives honor and shows honor because I just felt so, so valuable in that moment. But I couldn't leave it there. After the roundtable, again, I was just so blown away by what I experienced. We made our own gift basket to send a life point. And so we made this gift basket, and we mailed it to them. And, and they were like, oh, thank you so much. I think we're the only ones who gave a gift basket. Um, but, but they were, they were really uh, grateful for it. And then a year later, I received an invitation, an exclusive invitation, to be part of a coaching, round t- uh, a coaching network with Pastor Daniel Floyd, me and 12 other pastors, to meet with him for a four, four-month basis just to learn from him. Uh, and when I was there, uh, I met 12 other pastors in our region who were doing great and amazing things. I was able to learn from them. I gained access to some of them. I got some of their phone numbers, and now uh, some doors have opened for me to be able to learn from some great and amazing people, but I'm convinced I would never have the access that I do to some of these people had it not been for that one instance of honor that we showed, sending that gift basket of things. See, honor opens doors. I I wonder for you if you've been going about it all wrong. I wonder if complaining and gossiping and backbiting is not the way for you to get the promotion at work, but instead for you to honor your boss, for you to honor your coworkers, for you to just show tremendous value in what you do. And when that happens, all sorts of doors will be open to you. See, honor, honor gains access. Uh, the, the third point I want to give you is this, that honor gives life. Honor gives life. And, and, and when it, going back to, to access, um, not only does that work in your workplace, but that's how it works in this church. That's how it works in life. That's how it works with your friends and in relationships. When you show honor, it opens doors for you. People want to be around you. People want to do great things for you when you show honor. And so the, the third point is this, that honor gives life. Uh, Ephesians chapter six, verse one, uh, the apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Verse two, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Essentially, what this commandment is saying is kids, honor your parents so they don't kill you, (laughs) right? I mean, not really, but really, I mean, kind of. I love what Bill Cosby said that his dad said to him. He said, said, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. And it don't make no difference to me because I'll make another one look just like you. (laughs) Right? And so, because the truth is, parents, you know this, if your kids would honor you, their life would be so much easier. It'd be so much better. Kids, if you would honor your parents, your life would be better. You wouldn't be grounded. You wouldn't be restricted. You'd be able to learn from their life. It would give you access to them in a way like, never before. You'd gain life from them. And this isn't just underage kids, but this is all kids, because everybody's a kid of somebody. And so we honor our parents, because what it does is it gives us life. And this is, this is true uh, in, in the workplace, and life, but, but it's also true in the church. Uh, because the truth is this, how you perceive someone is how you receive someone. How you see someone is how you'll treat them. So if you see someone as valuable, as as full of worth, then you'll treat them that way. If you see them as common, you'll treat them that way. When it comes to something like like church, um, how you perceive and receive me and the position of pastor in this church will either grant life to you or not. Now, I I wanna take a moment and let you know this. I'm a regular person, right? Just in case you didn't know, I'm a regular person Just like you. There's nothing special about me. I don't have my own parking space out there. There's nothing special. The only thing that's different is my position in this church. And it's that I've been placed as the man of God to lead this church and to be your pastor. And how you perceive me will determine what you receive from me. And so if you see me as, well, that's just James up there talking, well, then you're going to receive what I bring to you in this word as some nice words to think through and contemplate and possibly do one day. Like, you do understand I'm not up here just giving TED Talks, right? Like This is not inspirational, motivational locker room talk, but when I preach, when anybody who stands on this stage and preaches a word to you, if you honor them and treat them as valuable, they're preaching the word of God to you and you'll be able to receive it as the word of God. But if you see it as, oh, there's just some person up there who's talking, well, then you'll, you'll, you'll see it as just some nice nice suggestions that maybe you'll do. And and if you do that, you'll miss the life in it. You'll miss the life in it. Because here's what the proverb writer says in Proverbs 4.20. He said, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. When I bring a word to you, I'm not just bringing what I think is good. I'm bringing the word of God to you. And my hope and prayer is that you would receive it as the word of God. But it's all about honor, how you, how you see that. I'll, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, imagine this. Imagine I were to stand up here and say this, <clears throat> that God has called you to serve in his church. Uh, not only has he called you to serve in his church, but he's equipped you to serve in his church. His, his goal for your life, one of his goals, is actually that you would serve and make a difference, that you would live beyond yourself. Because the truth is, in First Corinthians chapter 12, we're told that all of us have been given gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. You have been given divine gifts by God. The truth is, you are God's gift to humanity. And if you don't use your gifts, if you bury them, then we suffer, because we need you to be the best you so that we can be the best us. God has, has destined for you to serve and to make a difference, to live beyond yourself. Imagine if I continued on. Imagine if I just continued on, and I said, not only that, but Isaiah chapter 58 says that if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, the path to the breakthrough is for you to serve and to spend yourself on behalf of others, to pour yourself out on behalf of others, because Isaiah 58 says that when you do that, your breakthrough will break forth like the dawn, and you'll receive the healing you've been longing for. That's how you receive a breakthrough, through serving others. Because then the world isn't about you, but it's about what can I do for others? And then imagine if I just went on to say that in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, Jesus said that the path to greatness is through service. So if you want to be great, then serve. Imagine I said all that. And then I said, so if you're not serving, I want to invite you to stop by the orange table, sign up to serve and make a difference. (laughs) Just pretend I said that. If I said that. How many of you, don't answer this, don't raise your hand, just think about it. How many of you would say, cool, I'm in, I'm serving because you said so. Not just because you said so, but because God says so. I'm in, signing up today. And then, imagine, I said, and we're going to sweeten the deal. If you sign up to serve today, we're going to give everybody who signs up to serve a bonus check of $500 just to say, thanks for signing up. How many of you would sign up then? Don't answer it. Just think about it. (laughs) Honor is value. If you would sign up to serve for the money, and not because I said so, not because God's word says so, not because of the leadership in my life, then it shows what you value more. Do you value money over my word, my leadership, and God's word in your life? What motivates you? What do you find value in? The truth. See, some people call me pastor, but I'm not your pastor unless you allow me to be, unless you allow me to lead you, unless unless you allow me to bring words of life to encourage you and lead you toward the life that God has called you to. See, honor gives life, and this isn't just true with me uh, because there's nothing special about me, but it's the office that I hold. It's also true with the people in your life, the people. Um, who can bring life to you. So we show honor because honor gives life. Um, The fourth takeaway I wanna give you is this. uh, The baseline of honor is obedience. The baseline of honor is obedience. Elisha was in the right place at the right time because he obeyed the authority above him. Elisha said yes to following Elijah, he became his servant, he did whatever he said, and he learned all sorts of things because he honored Elijah. Uh, The baseline of honor is obedience. I think many of us have difficulty with honor because we have difficulty submitting to authority. I know this is the case for me, and this is something that's a struggle for me, and I've had to learn over the years because I am like rage against the machine, right? I am like, we're not gonna take it. I am like, stand up and make a change. Let's be the, right? This is me, and so sometimes it's hard for me to submit to authority, but I realize that often for me to succeed in life, it means I need to submit to the authority above me because there's a reason that authority was placed there, See, some of us we have difficulty submitting to authority. You tell me what to do. I, I know better than you. My ma- I hate my manager. She thinks she knows how to run. I can run things better than her. I can run this company better than she can. Parents gonna tell me what to do. My parents don't know anything. That pastor told me to go sign up and serve. Whatever. He doesn't know my life. It's easy. It's easy because we have difficulty submitting to authority. Don't tell, you know, fine, I'll just leave and go to another church. And we run. We run from something, right? I don't like this job anymore. I'll go somewhere else. I'll be the boss. See, we have difficulty submitting to authority. But here's the truth. God won't put you in charge over something until you learn to get along under something. God won't put you in charge over something until you learn to get along under something. I'll give you an example from Adam and Eve. God created Adam and Eve, and he put them in the Garden of Eden, and he said to them, I want you um, to, to, uh, like you're gonna have dominion over creation, Now, Adam and Eve are under the authority of God. God says, I've given you authority over creation. But there's a point in Genesis three where Adam and Eve say, you know what? We don't really need God. We're gonna buck that authority. We're gonna get up uh, uh, from under that. And then they sin against God. They rebel against him. And when that happens, God says, okay, you're no longer over dominion of the earth. he says, instead, you're gonna be subject to it. See, when we don't learn to get along up under something, we'll never be able to have authority over something. And so we need to understand that obedience is the baseline for honor. Elijah extends the invitation to Elisha to serve him, and even though it's not glorious, he submits and humbly serves him and obeys his authority. Um, Also, the truth is this, that honor is transferred. Um, And so maybe you say, But the person above me isn't worthy of honor. And that's fine. Because I don't show honor based on you. I show honor based on me. We don't give honor based on someone's conduct. We give honor based on our character. And there's a difference between honor and respect. You don't have to respect everybody, but you honor everybody. You assign value and weight and worth to everybody, if for nothing else, even if you don't get along with them, even if you can't stand them, even if you hate their guts and wish they would die. You honor them, if for nothing else, than the truth that they were made in the image of God. They're God's masterpiece, just like you are. And because they're God's masterpiece, you give them value and worth. See, I honor people, it doesn't matter what you do, it matters what I do. I honor not based on your conduct, but based on my character. And when I honor the people above me, even if they're not worthy of it, my honor gets transferred up. Because in Romans, it lets us know that all authority that's in place has been placed by God. So when you honor the authority above you, you honor the one who put that authority in place, which is God. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 40, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Honor gets transferred up. So when you honor authority, you honor God. The, the last takeaway I wanna give you is this, honor brings reward. Honor brings reward. Elisha received the reward of living the life of a prophet because he honored Elijah. There's a time where Jesus was in his hometown of Nazareth, and uh, here's what's recorded for us. See, when, when they saw Jesus, they didn't receive Jesus as the son of God like he was. Instead, they received Jesus uh, like little boy Jesus who grew up here. That's how they saw him. And because of that, it says that Jesus couldn't do any miracles there. Mark chapter six, verse four says, Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Honor brings reward. If we receive somebody as valuable, we'll inherit the reward that they have. But if we receive somebody as common, as ordinary, as standard, if we dishonor them, then we can miss out on the reward that they bring. This is what happened in Nazareth. The people just saw Jesus, as no big deal, it's just Jesus. And because of that, they missed out on the healing power he had, on the miracle works he could have done. When we dishonor, we miss out on the reward God often wants to give us. So I wanna give you some, some practical applications of honor. And then I wanna ask you two questions. So here are some, some practical ways that you can show honor. Uh, one is that you treat others better than you wanna be treated. You say a good positive thing about people instead of a negative thing about them. You just determine I'm gonna be known for what I'm for and not what I'm against, I'm gonna believe the best. Set boundaries of purity in your dating relationship or in your marriage. You say I'm gonna honor my future spouse by preserving myself and remaining pure for them. I'm gonna honor the person I'm dating right now and rather than detracting from what God wants to do in their life, I'm gonna support that and encourage that by setting boundaries of purity. That's how you honor them. You honor by committing to only uplift your spouse around others. Let me tell you what John does. That's not honoring. Be present with the people in front of you. Don't look at your phone or look past people when you're meeting with someone or talking with somebody. Don't text message when you're talking with somebody, but be present with them. That's how you honor them. Be on time and early. Be prepared and ready. Don't cut people off when they talk, but listen to them. This is so hard for me. Do what you say you'll do. Return phone calls, emails, texts in a timely manner. Don't ghost on people. It's not honoring. When you're playing with your kids, get down on their level. Turn the TV off. Put your phone away. Be present with your kids. Clean up after yourself at the food court and the movie theater to honor the the janitor or the cleanup crew that's there. Equip and train the people that you lead and oversee with everything they need in order to do their job well. Uh, A way that you honor is to get people information that's vital for their success with advance notice. Ask the question, what do I know? Who needs to know it and have I told them? Um, Complete assignments and tasks before they're due anticipate a need and meet it. Here's some examples of how you can anticipate a need and meet it. You walk into the car and the door has to be open, so you open it for your spouse. You walk into a building and a door needs to open, you rush to open the door and hold it open for someone. That's how you show honor. Uh, If you have an early meeting, you just figure the people I'm meeting with aren't gonna have time for breakfast so you stop and get bagels and you give it to everybody. It's a way you show honor. Uh, Find out your boss's favorite coffee order and take it to her once a week how you show honor. I like double talk here macchiato, just in case you were wondering. Push information to your boss. Don't make them have to seek it out. Push it to them. Give them the answers before they, they ask questions. Solve problems before they become problems. These are just some of the ways that we show honor to people. And so I wanna ask you two questions as we close, and it's this. As you think about honor, in your life. What are ways that you can improve in that? So so what is God saying to you about honor right now? What is God saying to you? And what are you gonna do about it? What is God saying to you? And what are you gonna do about it? Because if we come and we hear the word but we don't practice it, it's no good. So what is God saying to you about honor? Write it down now, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change? How are you going to leave different? Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. I thank you that you showed us honor. Many of us don't honor ourselves because we look at ourselves as as failures, as screw-ups. Some of us as no good, filthy sinners who just can't measure up. But God, thank you so much that when you saw us, you didn't see us that way, but you saw us with value. You saw us with purpose. You saw us with potential. You saw us as worthy of your love, worthy of the sacrifice of your son. I pray, God, today that we would start by showing honor to ourselves, seeing ourselves as valuable, and then allow that honor to flow to the people around us to the people above us, the people to the sides of us and the people below us. God, let us be the kind of people who embrace honor, give honor and show honor. Because as we do that, we know that doors will open, opportunities will be created, we will become more like you. It's in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray you were inspired and encouraged by today's message. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, sign up to serve on a team, join a group, or just find out more information on The Rising, visit us at wearetherising.com.